0: From the city of brotherly love. This is
1: Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You did it again. You're at the 199th episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos as always this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsors and sap global platinum partner sador that's s-e-i-d-o-r if your business is ready to move off of quickbooks automate business processes really take that next step up into a bigger tier one solution for your mom and pop shop to mid sized business to large enterprise. Sador and SAP got your back. Please reach out to them. Let's get back to today's episode. We're going to chat about effective ads in today's multifaceted environment. I mean, it's streaming, it's ads, it's YouTube. It's Twitter, Facebook, even TV and traditional ads. I mean, it is crazy how many different types of ads and ad formats there are that exist today. And we're going to be talking about the tech behind that, which is the part, being a techie myself, that I found most intriguing. So who do we have today? None other than Mike Vanilli. Mike is the head video producer with Envy Creative. In his role, Mike leads a production team to film commercials for online and TV ads. Mike has produced over 4,000 video ads to date for hundreds of clients, including McDonald's, Water Brothers, USAA, Costco, and more. Mike is no stranger to the film and TV industry, having spent 10 plus years in the business where he has produced TV shows and music videos for big name artists. Mike specializes in making sure each piece of content Envy Creative produces is unique and delivers the message the brand, product, or business is looking to convey. To their target audience. Mike helps clients get more sales by producing great content, which leads to more people watching their videos. And V Creative gets all kinds of services from explainer videos that focus on the product, brand, or company to national TV campaigns that get a brand more known. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring Mike right on in here business strategy Mike welcome to shark bite biz you my friend you just became shark bait <laughs> thanks for having me oh no problem great pleasure to have you we have a tradition on this show very first question we ask everybody what's your background what's your experience basically in a nutshell tell us what makes Mike Mike
0: I'm the head video producer at NV creative which is a uh, video production company and agency that makes uh, video content ads for brands, products and businesses. So pretty much we we like to joke and say it's the uh, it's the ads that you uh, hopefully don't skip on YouTube, but a lot of people do. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, uh, we make them good enough so that so that they click and not skip.
1: And yeah, that's good. That's good. That's, um, you know, it reminds me we had a guy on here. Uh, a couple seasons ago, but it was like funnyprimovideos.com dot or something like that, and it it, it was kind of like what you were saying as far as we want to make funny promo videos. His was more for social media, so when people were scrolling down, they would see something goofy, but also relative to them that people take it serious and they're like, okay, let's check this company out. Sounds like you're doing the same thing, but more angled towards YouTube, which is a different format than social media.
0: Yeah, yeah. We uh we we still do a lot of YouTube. Uh we we have had to pivot in the last like the last year or so to, you know, more TikTok y ads, <laughs> which which are fine, but you know we uh, we we still do a lot of both now.
1: Okay, okay. You've had some large clients, as I read in your bio before you came in here. I mean, McDonald's, Warner Brothers, USAA, Costco, many more. Um, I'm sure you've also worked with mom and pops as well too. What's the difference between the two? You know, working for those multinational companies and doing ads for them and what they're looking for towards working with some of the smaller businesses out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've uh we've we've done, you know, we've done lots of videos for brands that people have heard of and we've probably done more video content for brands that, you know, people haven't heard of or that are on the rise. And uh yeah, I mean, the main difference is when we're when we're doing it for the big brands, it's great, but there's lots of there's lots of hands involved. So it's like when uh you know, just to just to green light the project, it, it goes through, you know, five or six people to to approve, approve, approve. And then once we uh, once we get everything we need for, you know, to make the script, then, you know, it, it kind of does an internal review, and and it kind of goes back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, with production, uh, usually, because the 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 script goes back and forth so much internally where they get it to exactly how they need. Then once we go into production, there's not many revisions that need to get done once we deliver. Um, but but on the other hand, when we're working with startups, or mom and pops or just, uh, you know, people who are doing drop shipping, and they just have, you know, a, a product catalog. Uh, usually it's pretty hands off on their point, because they just say, uh, like, hey, you guys are the pros this is the product, this is our target audience, you know, do what you need. And then you know, we exactly so we, you know, send them the script, they approve the script pretty much right away, maybe a couple little things that they you know, that they might need included, and then deliver and they they kind of, they kind of want it to, you know, get out as soon as possible, rather than the the big companies, they want it to be like, exactly within the brand guidelines. So But yeah, you know, like I said, we've worked with, uh, you know, big Fortune 500s, but we've worked with, you know, just a a guy who, you know, is uh, doing a startup from home.
1: So, you know, and everybody in between. Wow, that's amazing. So using your industry knowledge, I want to ask your permission before I go further. Okay. Can I put you on the hot seat? Okay, okay. I'm going to put you in the hot seat right now because I want to get your... There's, you know, an ad. First off, I'm taking, you know, this is a non-political show, so we're taking politics out of it. But there was a very controversial ad that came out a few weeks ago for a well-known alcoholic company, let's just say that uh how does something like that that you know actually get through the process with the process that that you said i mean it sounds like they're saying oh they had no idea blah 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 blamed it on mvp who suspended it or whatever sounds like that's a scapegoat and that there was probably more buy-in than not uh, What what's your take on that type of situation what probably what
0: probably happened is uh is one of two things.
1: And I'm sorry, I've got to ask you because it's very relevant and you're an expert in the space.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so when we, uh, when we're getting all the like intake information for, um, for clients, they basically like the way that, the way the clients, at least what we do, because we've done done over 1,000 uh, um, or over 4,000 ads for over 1,000 clients. So our, our thing is pretty streamlined. So we got to the point where we don't even really do like send quotes via email or anything. We just have an order form uh, that that people use on our website. So we, we know exactly what stuff costs. And so uh, one of the questions on our order form is um, the script that either we send you to approve or that you provide to us, does it have to be exactly how it's written or when we're on set and we're making the video if we think something needs to change to, you know, better represent the brand or to sound more natural. So we ask them, like, is that okay? Or does it need to be exactly how it's written? And uh, probably like 90% of clients just say, yeah, modify it if you need to, you know, we we trust you guys, because you know, you guys are the pros. So, you know, possibly somebody, somebody, you know, uh, got the okay to do that while they were on set. And they did it that way, or it could be like a agency versus um, uh, brand type thing. So, so sometimes, uh, sometimes when people are on shoots, you have people from the agency that's there, or you have people from the brand that's there, or both. So it might have been one or the other. Just saying, like, hey, this will actually work better. Normally, it's the brand, not the agency, saying like hey, I think I think you guys should do this. And they're the clients so you're kind of like, Okay, I don't think we should but okay, you know, so. So that's usually probably what happened either that or it was like somebody's idea that, you know, they just kind of kept pushing. And then, you know, they were the one that had to approve it at the end. And they said, well, it's my idea, obviously, I approve it. And, Nobody else really saw it and they kind of trusted this
1: person. So so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people involved. Would you consider? Okay. And again, put in perspective of who drinks, I won't name names, but I think probably everybody out there knows who I'm talking about, um, you know, considering the brand, considering who they target, their traditional advertising, stuff like that, and how hard. This has actually hit their brand. Now, albeit right now, as we're recording, we're only like what, two, three weeks out since it's actually happened, but it has had a major impact so far. Do you think it was a smart idea on their behalf to go forward with that? Cause I'm of the the essence that hey, no press is bad press. <laughs> you know, I don't care if someone writes something negative about me, about the show. It's like, oh good, I'm in an article, you know, like, hell yeah. That that's awesome. But it seems like they may have taken it too far. I mean, is it possible to push the boundaries too far with some of that stuff to where the you know no press is uh, bad press type thing, where you're getting the headlines or whatever actually really does have a permanent impact on the brand?
0: Um, you know, you would think so, but it it really is. You know, it really does come down to it's like. All all press is good press uh, because you know, like you said, they're you know they're in the headlines. They're you know their name is getting out there. People who may not have heard of them are now hearing about them. A really good example is a a um, uh, another alcohol brand that had the same name as a uh, you know as a slang for the pandemic virus, and you know they you know they were they were trying to like think of something you know should we train should we change the brand name should it like what what should we do and you know they they kind of they kind of rolled with it i know like a couple of their uh a couple of their you know campaigns they kind of they didn't poke fun at themselves but they kind of they they tried to get in front of it you know and they tried to say like hey we are, we know we know we know our yeah, we know
1: our name is the same. So that's quite funny. But even if you look back, I mean, there's been instances of stuff like that that's happened in the past. Like, look at the one. There was a payment system. Uh, I forget what it's called now, but uh, maybe it's Zal. I, I I forget. But originally it was called ISIS. Um, and this was before. This was before that they became a terrorist group. So with that, they actually had the re you know, like, okay, yeah, 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 we don't want to have that name. And they ended up doing an actual rebrand.
0: Yeah, I think I think when it's, uh, when it's not necessarily a household name yet, and stuff like, basically, when you have the um, when you have like, enough space to rebrand where you're not, you know, again, a household name, then, you know, then you can pivot that way. But you know, if you're You've been
1: around for 100 years, right? It's hard to pivot. That's crazy. So that was going down a fun rabbit hole. Thank you for sitting on the hot seat with that. I really, really appreciate that. So a lot of the stuff you do, though, I mean, you do do national TV campaigns. How do national TV campaigns pan out right now because Except for special events, maybe like World Series, Super Bowl. I mean, even award shows aren't doing that good anymore. I mean, is the future with T V commercials or are they going to be more digital commercials? I mean, they're they're definitely
0: gonna be more digital in in our experience. Uh I mean, we probably only do Uh, broadcast, like TV broadcast commercials, we probably only do like maybe a couple a year now. Um, And even even that is we produce it for online. And it's something where our clients come back and say, Hey, you know, it's doing really well, we'd like to try to do like the broadcast
1: route, re edit this and get it the 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, exactly. So So I mean, you know, we we like do archives of all of our projects. So it's never it's never a case where we're like, Oh, we don't have the footage or anything. So, so it's no big deal. But, uh, but, you know, 99.9% of the projects we do, we, you know, we gear towards uh, digital. And, you know, like I said, you know, we, we, I don't think in recent years, we've ever done one where we specifically make it for broadcast. So it's always clients coming back and saying, Hey, you know, we'd like to move forward with this.
1: Not even for the Super Bowl? You haven't done one of those? No,
0: we haven't done a Super Bowl one yet. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, in the
1: near future. Oh, after this podcast, you'll get offers all day. For sure. Yep, definitely. Can't wait. So if you're... Okay, let's take TV campaign then versus web ad campaign. What's the difference in strategy, of mentality, creativeness... That goes into like, okay, we're doing this for TV versus this is going to be for web. So, I mean, the biggest thing is just
0: uh, grabbing the
1: attention
0: Um, with with digital and web. It's grabbing the attention versus other pieces of content, whereas on TV, you don't really need to grab their attention in the first few seconds, because normally on TV, they're on a station or a channel, they're, uh, they're watching it already,
1: or, you know, Unless it's video on demand, like you're watching it off your DVR, where you can just fast forward through the commercials. But I guess with broadcast, you have a little
0: bit more. um, You have a little more wiggle room on, uh, on the attention grabbing aspect, except everything has to be a lot tighter. So you so you don't have as much wiggle room on like how long it can be and, and, and stuff like that. And you don't have a big giant skip button. Yeah, exactly. So so on on the TV, we're just worried about uh, pretty much we're worried mostly about them just looking down at their phone instead of looking at the TV screen during a commercial. So we want them to look up from their phone. But uh, on digital on web, we have to make sure we grab their attention so they don't just scroll past or so they don't hit the hit the skip button for the for the client
1: what has been your most creative and or successful ad that you've created for the web i'll tell you i'll tell you right now for me the one i wasn't this super bowl um because i don't remember this super bowl eagles ran it then it was a long night, um but the Super Bowl before I remember where I think it was coinbase. they had just had a thirty second commercial with the q r code bouncing around the screen that that to me was genius at the time that that was different, and that was like what's going on? That was really cool um do you have anything like that that you did that comes to mind
0: um Yeah. So we, so, so two, two of them come to mind. One of them was a, uh, was a commercial for a bidet company. And basically we had to, um, we had to, uh, we had to make it, you know, it, we, we couldn't necessarily like show people going to the bathroom and and stuff like that. So we pretty much had to, um, we had to, incorporate the idea and the concept in a way that, you know, still explained what a bidet is and what it does. But at the same time, um, you know, we have to do it in like a funny and creative way where we can't, you know, we can't show anything like too graphic. So, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. So, so, um, you know, one of the parts we ended up doing was, uh, you know, when, the The spokesman turns on the the bidet for the guy sitting on the toilet um it just cuts to him in a uh like underneath a waterfall and then it cuts back to to him on the toilet and he's just like you know refreshed and everything else and so he says, you know oh, I feel so refreshed after that So, so that was one that did really well for them um uh, another one was a mattress company, and they uh and they uh, they're all natural like mattress and uh, they're geared towards hikers. And so we had to go out into the woods and we had to bring two mattresses, we had to bring theirs and a normal memory foam. And so we had to, you know, pretty much set up these two mattresses in the middle of the woods and uh, and show, you know, the, the hikers coming over and laying down on the mattresses in the middle of the woods. And Yeah, that was that was just kind of like a a big setup and kind of like a creative idea. And that did really well for them, too.
1: You should have just had like casually as a an Easter egg, just like Bigfoot walking in the background. or a UFO just like casually, like just in the background. They just left it as an Easter egg. So the people would stop scrolling and say, hey, like, wait, 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 what's huh? Like nothing to do with that. Just. Casually, you know, like randomly caught footage of bigfoot walking through the woods,
0: one of the actors did dress up in a raccoon suit to to come up and use the beds too,
1: so so it was like you know animal friendly <laughs> oh there you go, there you go, there you go, that's awesome, that's awesome. How do you think and the ad industry though, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this with how it's changed more towards digital uh compared to t v ads? How, what do you think the future is going to bring? How do you think it's going to continue to evolve as we go down this digital path? Now you have things like chat GPT and, you know, AI and, and, you know, algorithms probably will be getting even smarter. Does that stuff like phase you as all? Do you view it as something that can help you, hurt you, neutral on it? I mean, how does that tech aspect?
0: you know, come to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the phrases I've been hearing lately is, um, is AI won't take people's jobs, but people who use AI will take those people's jobs who aren't using AI. So, um, so I think when it comes to actual, like, making of, you know, video content, Um, stuff like Runway ML, they are doing some like text to video stuff. It's really, it's still in really early stages, even though it's really impressive. But um, I think it's going to be like, a long time until you have kind of custom branded content for say products that, you know, will, you know, will be AI generated. Um, One thing that, you know, and, and we actually use a lot of AI just for different, you know, Different production tasks, things like that. Um, for instance, we do use Chat GPT if we're um, if we're having trouble saying coming up with a joke for something. So, for instance, we were doing a commercial for a a biking company like bicycles, and we couldn't think of jokes that had to do with bicycles. And so we went on there, give us a list of ten jokes that are bicycle related, and I and I came up with a couple of good ones. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when it comes to when it comes to say like copywriting, script writing, things like that, I think that's more where it's going to be, uh, you know, helpful or not necessarily taking people's jobs, but definitely uh, really helpful. But when it comes to the actual production aspect, I think we're like a long way off from there. But, you know, there's new tools coming out
1: every day for AI. So so tomorrow I could could be wrong. Right. And I mean, every day it's evolving and i just had a discussion earlier today with uh, capture, uh ca- venture capitalist uh vc company and that events uh, invest uh, tongue twisted today that invest in you know small startups and stuff like that and he was like it's growing at such a, a rapid pace that you know putting a, a six month stop like elon was asking for stuff like that like it it would really just kill things especially because that would only probably happen in the United States whereas the rest of the world would, would continue and it would actually put us behind everybody else exactly
0: yeah we actually we actually use a couple like ai you know back end tools for uh, when people place orders with us so like we have a uh, what we call our like flexible video editing service where pretty much people just uh upload their footage, we have like an AI in the background analyze how long, yeah, how long the total footage is and that gives them like a custom quote for, for uh, us editing their footage. And then we have another one on our normal things on our normal order pages, where if you already have a script, you can actually upload your script. And then on the back end, the AI analyzes it to, to tell you how long the video would be based on their script. So, you know, so we can so we can quote them for their video length instead of uh
1: so you're using AI for that, but are you using specifically chat GPT? If this is not trade secrets you're sharing?
0: Uh so for for the script writing, yeah, we are. We're we're using chat GPT just to analyze um the the text that we have extracting from the script. So we have like a few different workflows in place, but eventually it lands in the chat GPT API and then it. So you're one of those paying $20 a month. I am. I am one of those. And then, uh, and then with the other one, it's not using chat GPT. It's just using some other, uh, some other APIs to to get the duration and to combine the files and things like that. Yeah. You know,
1: it's a, it's an interesting time. It, it, it like technology and where we're at, we're at one of those, uh um, crossroads, I think. And the discussion, again, I had before earlier today, we were talking, kind of debating a little bit um, about how I, I believe major tech and stuff like that is kind of a stifled tech advancement. And I think we're at a point right now where I mean, look at NASA with how long it took to make a reusable rocket with somebody like SpaceX, where that could have been done. 40 years ago. First video call was over 50 years ago. Things like that. I mean, a lot of people don't realize it, but it was. And we've had those technologies, but they were kind of killed by you know major tech and stuff like that. And I think that this AI influence in all aspects of work, especially creative work like yours, is going to just help everything thrive. I mean, I think it's going to make it, you know, to where it's powerful and someone like you that can use the tools, you know, will be much more capable as a person. My problem, my problem is I rely on tech too much. So I can't get to the grocery store from my house. I've lived here for I don't know, uh, almost a year and a half now where I'm living now. Can't do it. I have to watch Google Maps, and it's just because I'm purely reliant on Google Maps. And I think the same debate can be made with Chat GPT: Are you actually learning from it, or are you just copy and pasting it? For me, with Google Maps, with my surroundings, I'm not paying attention. I'm listening to some podcast, probably Joe Rogan or something like that, and I am just listening. Oh, you! I've got to make a right turn here. Okay. And therefore, it's not absorbing. But with ChatGPT, when I use it, I I tend to absorb that knowledge in because I, I don't know, I kind of give it higher priority than driving. I figured Google will get me there safe. I'll just trust them. And I'll listen to something else. I mean, do you kind of see the synergies there?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see it. Because with with uh, with ChatGPT, I feel like when you ask it something, or you, you know, ask it for for information, it's, it's, uh, it's something you really want to know about rather than just, um, you know, oh like, I'll just skim through it. It's like, you, normally, if you if you put it in there, it's something you really need information about, or you really want to know about. So, so uh, you'll read through it rather than, you know, you know, just uh, reading through an article or something and trying to skim and find the find the information that you need.
1: Now out of curiosity, do you put it through like copyright checks, stuff like that to make sure that it's not plagiarizing anything if you use the content? Do you go through that process? Have you found that with ChatGPT GPT at all? Or are you taking this stuff just as like, wow, these are ideas then creating your own stuff?
0: Yeah, we're just we're just doing exactly that. So so yeah exactly so um normally normally if we if we're using it for say script writing you know we'll use it to for jokes or we'll uh um you know the 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 language model for chat gpt only goes up to i think it's 2001 for their knowledge so if we have like a company that's a little older then you know we might we might just say uh we might ask it to give us like a one sentence summary of the company. And, you know, just so uh, if there's a part in the script, maybe where we just want to do a quick blurb about the company, we might take that and, uh, you know, we'll we'll modify it to to fit the script better. But um, or we'll say, uh, or we might put in a part of the script that's too lengthy that a client said, Hey, you know, uh, this, this part is too much, we might put it in there and just say rewrite it into one sentence. So so a lot of it we we do for either reference or we just have it rewrite something we already wrote just to uh, you know
1: get it shorter or more concise or, or something like that. That's actually a really good idea. With what I do sometimes, you know, I'm in ERP sales for the day job with Sador and you know, just the other day, because I'm working on a deal with one of our partners, and we're having a couple a little bit of struggle, you know, just getting things, uh, you know, both sides on the same level, and we're working through it. But it would have been like a 10 page long email. And I was like, well, I'd rather send the 10 page long email and give all the bullet points instead of sending 10 separate emails for each topic, because then that's just too many emails. If I put it in one. I'll take the shame of the long email. I'll write the book. Um, I could have threw that probably into word GP uh, word uh, chat GPT and got it more precise, concise, shorter and better. Yeah, we actually did that just with uh, we have like, we we have
0: kind of canned responses for a lot of questions that clients ask us because they ask us the same thing over and over and over again. And so um, and so we actually just went through the other week and went through like all of our responses that we do that, you know, were probably probably, uh, you know, a couple paragraphs long and just put it into chat GPT and said, make this more concise while still retaining the information, make it just a couple sentences long and make it, you know, professional, but maybe a little more casual than formal. So so now when we're repry- replying to clients just with our like copy and paste can responses, it sounds like a little bit less formal that it came from like our our help page and and more like you know more what we want it to sound like,
1: yeah, this has definitely turned into a uh martech uh conversation <laughs> marketing technology, but I love it. I hope yeah. you're liking it um uh, so I guess with um marketing itself, okay. What kind, uh, we'll stick with the same theme if you're fine with that, unless there's sure. something special you want to talk about, but yeah. with marketing itself, what other technologies are you using as part of your, your marketing um, solution stack to make sure to get your analytics that something you produce is going to work? Because even if you got to remember, especially mom and pops, they see an ad they'll be like oh my god that's brilliant you know but <laughs> that doesn't mean it's going to work for their business how do you figure that out what kind of tech do you use i mean and, and cover as much as you can without giving away your secret sauce
0: sure we use uh we use chat gpt um for you know just for kind of basic market research sometimes just saying you know um maybe you spit out some keywords for this and that uh we also use some um for for us specifically you know we run facebook ads we run google ads things just for our our own company to to drive clients and customers to come to us and uh you know we we still do use the typical like google ads interface facebook ads interface
1: but we have been using some other uh tech on top of that the google ads that you're running are they for you or are they for your clients like so give me a Okay, they're for you specifically. Okay. So like we just started
0: using this one AI service. Um, Couldn't forget what it's called. I have a bookmarked. But uh, basically, it's for um, You're just like me with Google Maps, man. I got a bookmark. We're good. (laughs) Exactly. So all, all the clicks go from uh, Google Ads go through this service before it gets charged to your account to make sure that they're not like spam clicks or whatever. So pretty much uh, we're not getting charged for, you know, spam clicks or clicks that weren't supposed to be it. I do spam clicks on companies I hate. Yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, so we use that and then I'm kidding, by the way. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so, and then we use another one. Um, uh, it's like a copywriting AI thing, just to kind of help us. We we don't use it so much for the the exact ad wording, but we use it kind of as a jumping off point to um, to help us word, like say, Facebook ads or TikTok ads. Uh, just you know, because we know that people are only going to read one sentence before they maybe read the rest of the ad. So we just want to kind of grab their attention. And that's kind of like a news
1: article, you know, you, you clickbaity. I guess you can say. What I hate... See, now you put me on a rant. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Um, What I hate are the clickbait articles where it's like, so-and-so says this, and then you're four paragraphs in reading that they said, and then it's like, but that person actually didn't say this. This was the exact quote, but people think he means this. And it's like, what the... I hate those i that drives me bonkers sorry i just had to get that out there oh yeah no i agree uh um, so do you think clickbait i mean do you think your ads or some of the ads you do do you try to make them click bait to get the call to action or the action of the click through on the ads where do you draw the line on that
0: when it comes to that it really has to do with uh with the client i mean a lot of clients they they actually don't want clickbait stuff, they do want, they do want their uh, client or their customers attention grabbed in the first, uh, you know, three seconds. So that that is a thing. But, but they really don't want like, you know, they really don't want clickbaity stuff, you know, with, uh, you know, with something they could put in the thumbnail that, you know, people will definitely click on. So that sort of thing, uh, they, you know, they don't really want that. But they do want regrow your hair in seven days with silver aluminum yeah so 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 they really don't want that but they but they definitely do want the whole like hey we need to get their attention in under three seconds or else they're gonna scroll past or else they're gonna press skip so so that hasn't changed
1: how do you pass that challenge because that is hard
0: i mean normally we do try to have something uh uh I guess, compelling in the first three seconds. So we did a uh, we we did a commercial for a um, it was like a stock trading app. And so we we tried to think of something like, hey, what, what can we put in the first three seconds of the video that might make somebody say, huh, this is a little bit interesting. Haven't seen this before. So we had. um, So we had like a, a Viking in a cafe that was talking about the app, like, And and so uh, he was just standing there and waiting for his uh, for his
1: coffee. Can you say the company, the company name or no? I think it's stock, stock, stocks, alerter, stocks, alerter. (laughs) Because I kind of vaguely do remember perhaps seeing that like you're saying Viking in a cafe. And I remember, I mean, I don't know how many Viking in cafe uh, ads there are. But that is something I do vaguely remember seeing at some point. Uh, there was a during COVID, I did a lot of social media scrolling. So out of COVID, not so much. Um, if it did, it happen during COVID? Yeah, more than likely it did. I made a commercial once. We used to have Dead Brand, uh, Deadhouse Coffee. Uh, I played off of uh, the zombies and stuff like that. Unfortunately, you know, I broke my back, had to get surgery, we ended up having to move right after it was actually two surgeries, two major ones, because the first one failed, and it re herniated bigger than what it was the first time, and I had to get surgery six weeks later. So between that, and they jacked their prices up so high because of inflation, the cost of getting goods imported, all that stuff, that it was like, hey, this is like I'm making a dollar a bag at these prices and I can't really charge more of a premium than we already are so I I ended up calling it quits but I did make an ad and I think the people I got to do it did uh did fabulous and we did dead house coffee you know don't be a zombie you know get back to life and we played off that theme that like hey with a coffee brand you know you wake up you zombie in the morning okay and then you uh drink the uh you know you drink your coffee and it's like bam, back to life so what we had was the ad was somebody literally dressed up zombie makeup stuff like that getting out of bed like a zombie drooling trying to get the coffee made making the coffee then taking the sip Bam, instant transformation uh, in a suit, tie, and it's like, hello, sir, taking his first phone call of the day, working from home. What do you think of an ad like that? Is that something that is appealing, creative, playing off words? Uh, would What would you rate it? I mean, you didn't see it, but based on what I told you, uh, 1 to 10, what would you grade me, creativity-wise? <laughs> uh... I'd say eight and a half. I mean, not too bad. I wrote it myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a
1: solid like a solid idea conception. Solid idea. Mm-hmm. See that? That's where I thrive. I thrive that I can formulate an idea. I can get a base picture. Like, okay, this is what I want. Okay, now to get the first draft of what I want. I'm not good. I'm not good at that at all. You've got to give me a draft of what I've asked for. And then from there, I can tell you everything that's wrong with what you did to get it to where I want it to be at. And my son who watches this, he's our our producer, just turned 20. So happy belated birthday. Um, You know, we have a lot of trial and error uh, with this. And, you know, he's young, but he started producing the show when he was 17, learned on his own didn't have the creative skills so there was always some battles going back and forth as far as the image the look professionalism you know trying to get the right look and feel and building things from scratch but now that he's been doing it for three years he's kind of learned some of those skills and he's been able to make some nicer images like you've I, i'm assuming you've seen like podcast logo or some of the um, cover images that we have for the show or the outlines of it, stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty decent quality for being, you know, a home produced podcast. Yeah, that's say. Yeah. I mean, he's come a long way. If you look at episode one, first season. 50 episodes, that was really trial and error. Not the greatest. I mean, sound was very imbalanced. You'd go from one segment to another and, you know, he couldn't understand the concept of sound equalization, that it's got to be the same volume for everything throughout the whole episode. It's like, dude, the the intro is 10 times louder than what I say, hey, welcome to shit My Biz, you know, balance it out. We've had to learn all that uh, on the go. And he was under immense pressure to learn it and figure it out. but. Throughout the years, and we're about to hit our third year, you know, he was able to, I wouldn't say master it because we still have some hiccups every now and then, but I would say that he's probably about 80, 85% the way there. I think he's on the last stretch of becoming, as far as a podcast producer, you know, designer, that category. And it's also helped him get a lot of side gigs too, because people get his name. He's listed on the credits on IMDB. He's listed on the credits on YouTube, Spotify, you know, everywhere that we are, people reach out and he's got a couple side gigs because of it. So apparently he's making a good enough impression that people like what he does. Have you all gotten into producing podcasts at all? Because that's a huge business right now. Yeah,
0: we, uh, we, have, we have an idea on the books, which you know, maybe in the next year or so, we might jump on it. We, uh, before, before podcasts were really popular, like before, you know, the
1: podcast boom happened in the last yeah few years. A lot of those podcasts have fizzled out though, uh, because they started at them and they would literally be like, um, hold on, let me, uh, I Guess this is a school letter here. Um, you know, it'll be you're like, okay, we're gonna ask you these 10 questions, or they don't do an intro and outro like I do. They try to do it all in one take. I'm not taking a hit at those shows. Do what you gotta do with what your time permits. Creating content is important, but we've always put the quality of our show, you know, first. Like I want it to look as professional as possible. And it took us time, but I think we're pretty, pretty close to being as perfect as we can still get hiccups. I mean, every now and then I get someone that like this morning's interview was in Vancouver. Okay. And the guy had a little shaky internet. I'm in Philly. We're far away. You know, it's going to be a little pixelated. I can't get around stuff like that. You know, there's nothing he can do either. But I was listening to a commentator this morning and they were talking about the future of a certain very famous um, newscaster that was let go of his position uh, you know within the last day of us recording this and like what's their future and they were talking about podcast and the podcast numbers of the people that are in this business like the cpm that they can make off revenue with podcasting is way more than tv radio or anything else like it is huge if you find the right audience build the audience and can get them engaged. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we 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 tried a uh, kind of like a YouTube live,
0: um converted into podcast type thing, uh like uh yeah, like over 3 years ago and and we tried that for a little while but the uh you know, but it was before the podcast kind of reboom happened and and stuff like that. So so, you know, we we did uh we did a handful of A handful
1: of episodes but didn't didn't really go anywhere and it's not even a podcast anymore i mean podcast to me if i would have went all in on audio i don't think this show would still be here today i went video first i'm like no we're vodcast okay we're doing video format this show is made for video and the audio is secondary which is cool because now Spotify has adopted that philosophy, and you can watch the video of this episode on Spotify now, whereas just a year ago, you weren't able to unless you were pretty much like Joe Rogan or somebody like that.
0: Yeah, and then on a flip, on the flip side, it's like YouTube just launched their podcast feature like last
1: week. so Yeah, which we have our podcast uh, listed. They, I, I guess they put us in the, the beta for that. I've had it listed there for, I don't know, two, three months, it's been there for a while. But I don't know what the podcast feature is. You're marketing, what is it? How should I use it? I mean, as far as I
0: can tell, it's, it's just a playlist that you have in your YouTube creator studio called podcasts, and you just put your podcast episodes in that playlist. And that just tells YouTube that the people who want to you know, watch it or listen to it as a podcast, it kind of like just categorizes it as a podcast for, for
1: users. That's, that's what, uh, that's my understanding. That's all it does. So it just, it just messes, tweaks the algorithm of who, who finds your content essentially. It's kind of like with shorts, how you used to have to put like a hashtag shorts to be able
0: to tell YouTube, like, Hey, this is, this is a YouTube short. So I think that's kind of like that direction where it's just telling YouTube
1: like, Hey, this is a podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah, because we have, um, luckily, I've always used playlists, it was actually a guest that told me, you know, uh, one of the secrets for YouTube is that when you share your links, if you're doing a podcast like mine, or a vodcast, that what you need to do is don't share the main video link, share since I do my shows in seasons. I haven't broken out. We're in season six right now. So I'll share like your episode. It'll be shared out with the season six um, link. So that way, then people will see all the other episodes in the season instead of other random videos by their artists. And that has actually gotten us to grow, I think, to the area that we're at now. I mean, we just surpassed 16,000 business owners that are subscribed to the channel, Um, well, besides my three kids who I forced to, to subscribe. But it's something I think that has definitely helped us accelerate growth because once I started doing that, like two, three months later, enormous growth on YouTube, the amount of subscribers, return visits, which was pretty much flat. People were clicking in for an episode that interested them. And then, or because it's someone they know or someone famous, but they won't come back. Now that we started doing that, like our, our return visits are probably about 45% of our traffic, uh, which I think is pretty good for a niche business show that targets business owners, solopreneurs, you know, executives, people like that. Uh that might not want to listen to each and every episode because it might not be a topic of their interest. Anyways, uh, uh, last question for you: any words of advice for young creative minds out there?
0: Um, just if you're if you're creative and you're just pushing forward, just keep going with it. <laughs> um, you know, if if you're ups and downs, right? Yeah, I I, I heard recently somebody just say like, hey, you know. It's okay to look at other people and what they're doing, but but don't necessarily measure your success by, you know, where where that other person is, because, you know, they might have
1: like, different circumstances than you. So you know, don't don't measure it that way. Well, that's exactly what I do with the show. And that's what I tell people, like, they'll be like, Oh, oh, 16,000 subscribers, like, that's not that many. And I'm like, hold on. Like, these are 16,000 mostly small to mid sized business owners, managers, directors, uh, executives. Okay. This is a niche audience built out for those having 16,000 of those with, and, and about 75% of the audience is USA based. Uh, the other, 20%, I would say, is still English-speaking base between UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and then 5% like India or places like that. Um, that's pretty a pretty solid audience growth. Very respectable. Yeah, it is. I mean, if the audio version is even better. It's 90% USA. So that's where, for me, I, I mean, I think it's huge. I, I think that I I can't measure it. If I did another topic, sports, if I did politics or whatever, I would probably have 10 times more. But I'm going for a specific niche, for a specific mindset of people that are specifically looking for what we call the three Gs, personal growth, professional growth, and business growth. So I try not to measure myself amongst others in those regards, unless they're going after that same niche does that make sense
0: yeah that's that's definitely choose your niche and go forward from there
1: yeah exactly exactly so hey anyways mike this has been amazing please do me a favor tell me where can people find out more information about you more about your company and creative How can they find you on the interwebs, man? Sure. So uh, on any of the socials, we're think envy.
0: So t h i n k e n v y same thing for the website. So it's thinkenvy.com. And then you can, uh, you can read, read more and watch more about us there. And then um, if, uh, if if you want to place an order for video content, you just click order. Now you go through a quick uh, order form, and you can either just place an order right away for us to get started, or you can always just save the quote for later and uh, you get an instant quote. So there's no like, going back and forth for two weeks or hopping on calls unless
1: you're into that sort of thing. So so for solopreneurs, again, hot spot that I know it varies, but give uh, our listeners out there an idea if you can solopreneurs, small businesses. I mean, what's your starting price point? That way, they're more attracted. Yeah, so for uh, for um, for our like
0: TikTok, UGC, vertical videos, as well as our kind of typical product drop shipping videos that go on like Amazon pages, those, uh, those start around $200. Uh, and that includes wow that yeah, that be inc-
1: 200, not, not 2000.
0: Yes. 200. I and swear in- to
1: God, you were going to say 2000.
0: <laughs> and that includes, uh, script writing and everything. And then, um, normally our like commercial style, uh, starts, around 400. And then we have a uh, media package, which is uh, kind of our most popular. And that includes um, that includes video ads and photos and how tos and scripts and gifts. And that's around 2500. But that that's pretty much like, hey, I need stuff for every I need stuff for my website and for our all of our platforms and everything. And that's kind of where you go from there
1: wow that's that's amazing like kudos to you kudos to your company because uh you are definitely i mean this is the perfect show for you with the type of businesses that we cater to again the niche we were just talking about i think you're at that perfect price point for people that like solo insurance agent or two or three people shop that just want to get a video for TikTok or for instagram or whatever it may be because uh um, you know maybe they sell houses or insurance or whatever you know that sounds great and it's affordable yeah yeah cuz we have a uh, basically we have our own production studio with standing
0: sets we own all of our own equipment and all of our actors are uh in-house actors so they're our employees so we don't really ever have to rent locations rent equipment and all of our actors you know are are vetted they've done tons of videos and they're they're great so we rarely have to go like outside of our our own studio to be able to produce these so that's why we're able to kind of keep costs low that way yeah
1: uh, that's awesome mike thank you so much for your time this has been an amazing interview very gracious everybody out there you know i'll have the link down below to think in the description mike thank you again my man happy to be here yep cheers thanks wow that was such an incredible interview with mike wasn't it i Totally loved it, and we'll get into that in a minute. First, though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, we are a top 10% rated global podcast with listen notes. In addition, the expert bookers has listed us as a top 12 business podcast. You must tune into, okay? Please share us out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, anywhere you dwell on the interwebs. You know, we're apolitical. We float here, we float there. I don't care if it's Rumble, Odyssey, Mastodon, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever it is, I don't care. I just want people to learn and people to grow. That's why I bring you experts like Mike Vanilli every single week that we do this show. So please share us out to your friends, family, colleagues. That's the biggest favor you can do me. And if you haven't subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. We are on a push. We've we've passed 16,000. We want to hit 25,000 subscribers on YouTube, also on Spotify. You can watch the show on Spotify. We have video just like Joe Rogan. You can watch us on Spotify or listen if you just want the audio only during your commute. Either way, it is fine. We have both options available. We are going all out. Every dollar earned by this show goes right out into this show there is not one dollar that i keep personally and we just keep trying to make it better with more tech with better production with better cameras lighting all that stuff and you know it only happens because of support from people like you now let's get back to the real rock star of the show mr mike Vanilli. So, I am all about biz dev, business development, stuff like that. I love ads, marketing, you know, anything that can bring people to a product or a company. However, and, you know, many longtime fans of the show know that I have a degree in information sciences and technology from Penn State. Uh, But with that aside, you know, I do have a tech side of me and I love technology and the techie of me actually grabbed the hold of this episode and hijacked it and probably went a different direction than what Mike was hoping for but hey he went with the flow and it was amazing conversation and we went down the rabbit hole with chat GPT there are many people like myself that have no idea how to use chat GPT okay. Let me rephrase that. I know how to use Chat GPT. That's not an issue. I don't know how to optimize it or maximize the use of Chat GPT as effectively as we should. And that is something that Mike taught me during this interview. This is why I do this podcast, I do this very show to learn some of the tricks of the trade of some of the best experts out there. And Mike had taught me during this interview one of the best top things I could have learned. And in fact, after this interview, I put in effect immediately some of the things that he told me. We have a BDR business development representative. We have sales reps. They're out there prospecting hard. We're building pipeline right now for my day job at Sador USA. I'm the VP of BizDev, as you all know there. But, anyways, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build pipeline. And, you know, the message is we have all this automation. We have some crazy stuff going on. It is really gnarly. But, We were not getting an ROI. We were not getting people answering one here or there, but that's about it. And then I had this interview with Mike. It has changed my life, like literally, because what he told us during this interview was, well, what I'll do is when I have a longer ad that's for the web and I need to make it shorter for TV or whatever, uh, whatever reason. He basically said that he will feed into Chat GPT. Hey, keep the key points of this, but make it more concise. What did we do? We took all our prospecting emails, okay, and we fed it into Chat GPT and we said, rewrite this, keep the key points, make this more concise, okay? This is all original material. And it basically rewrote our five paragraph messages, which personally I were not I, I was not a fan of that originally. But I don't force people to do what I believe. I give them the option. You know, you've got to do trial and error, and you have to learn. And I had told them that they needed shorter, mes- shorter messages to begin with, and with that. They ended up, uh, Jake on my team specifically, went through him and I, and we recreated his first three messages. When we recreated those, it took a five paragraph message down to three sentences while keeping all the core values. Since then, in one week of piloting that, okay, we have gotten more responses than we have over the past two months. Now, to be truthful, I want to be transparent, you know, I'm not going to fluff it and stuff like that. We got negative responses, but we got people responding, which is key because that is the first step. Timing is everything. And getting people to respond, meaning that the message is resonating, it's just not the right time for them to migrate or move to a new ERP solution. So for me... That's a huge difference. And Mike, giving me an idea like this will actually make a huge difference with how I operate as the VP of business development for Sator going forward with our sales team and our BDR team. And it's really, I mean, we're, we're full on embracing technology and now we're kind of understanding the full blown specs of the technology. Like we understood chat GPT from a high level before we kind of tinkered with it. We've used it. I've published an article with it, but we didn't understand that we could do things like what Mike had suggested, until I recorded this interview. This was life-changing for me, and that reiterates what this show is about. It is about the three Gs, personal growth, professional growth, business growth, okay? I found all three of those right here in this single episode. So, Mike, huge shout-out. Thank you so much. You may have... Changed the way that our business operates going forward just from this one single 40 ish minute interview that we did. Awesome stuff, Mike. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks. And, you know, which for me personally, again, it's going to make a huge difference. I practice what I preach, and I'm sure people listening you're going to get similar ideas, okay? You're going to be like, okay, well, what they were talking about won't work for me, but what if I try it out like that? Hey, try it out. Test it. I mean, worst-case scenario, it outputs something that you don't like. You tweak it a little bit to game the system, and bing, bang, boom, you have a result that works for you. And I'm sure that the people out there listening or watching this episode are going to get a lot of ideas and value out of what you shared with us. You rock and keep doing what you're doing, my friend, because you're helping small to large businesses grow and thrive with the ads that you're creating Question of the day, have you used ChatGPT to make your content better? Please leave a comment down below. You can comment on a lot of platforms, mostly YouTube, mostly Spotify. But I'd love to hear feedback from you all. One thing I think we are missing with this show as we go to our milestone 200th episode next week is more engagement. From our fans, more engagement. We have so many silent watchers that watch episodes that they'll ping me privately like, oh, I love what I saw. This has taught me so much, especially like Donna Sardurlo talking about uh, LinkedIn and LinkedIn profile optimization, stuff like that. But actually engaging with the content so that way others can hear your thoughts and opinion so important. Please engage with the channel. Engage with us. Let's build a community of like-minded folk that are out there trying to do business, not better, but smarter. Okay? Do you want to be on the show? If so, send out an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please, if you're watching on YouTube or you're checking out our Spotify page, you can join us for as little as $3 a month. That will get you a baby shark status and every, like I said earlier, Every dollar we get goes right into the show. And one last final shout-out to our sponsor, Sador. You know, this would not be possible without them, without them buying into the mission of what we're doing. So if you're on QuickBooks, if you're on an antiquated ERP solution... It's time to move up to the next level. Please reach out to me. Reach out Seder.com. Let them know that you saw us on Sharkbite Biz. Uh, That would be amazing. They're an SAP Global uh, Platinum Partner help you out no matter where you are in the world you don't know this by now but i'll say it once again i'm david strasser this is the 199th episode of shark bite biz and we'll see you all next week for our big milestone 200th episode of shark bite biz we'll see you then cheers you just experienced shark bite biz with david strausser please like comment and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal professional and business growth want to be on the show send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com a special shout out to our sponsor sap platinum partner sador get off quickbooks and move your business to the next level reach out for more info thanks for listening and see you next time